Hey, good morning. Merry Christmas. It's almost here, but not quite. Uh, if we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name's Gary. I'm the pastor here. Welcome to the meeting place. Uh, if you're just joining us, we're in a series uh, that we've called Light, uh, where we're exploring the idea that the birth of Jesus, Christmas Day, was more than just a silent night. It was an invasion of light and hope into a dark world. And last week we explored how Jesus, even though he declared that he was the light of the world, he also said to a group of people who had decided to follow him, you are the light of the world. And because of that, what I want you to do is go and take that light and shine it in the dark places of your world. And we looked at various ways that we can do that uh, to shine, you know, by telling the truth, even though it might come with a cost or it might hurt, uh, being joyful despite being in the middle of less than joyful circumstances, by displaying peace and strength during times of difficulty, by serving those who others may seem as less deserving. You see, when we do that, we bring a different experience, the opposite of what is expected, and people notice. They notice, just like they notice a light on a dark night. You are the light of the world. And last week, the focus was really on you and I as individuals, being individuals' light and taking that light into our world, to our families, to our workplaces, our schools, our gyms. Today we're going we're gonna to look at that same concept, but we're going to look at you in the sense, the plural sense, as you and I together, how we collectively are the light of the world because something really cool happens when we come together as one. We shine brighter. It reminds me of a story. A few years back, we celebrated my dad's 70th birthday. And I think we did it at Boston Pizza, and I remember my mom brought out a birthday cake, and we all started singing happy birthday in different keys and tunes and everything, you know how that goes. And I remember looking at the cake and going, it's only got one candle on it, even though he was 70 years old. Uh, but it was one of those candles that was shaped in the numeral of 70, and it just had a couple of light, you know, candle lighting spots on top. And of course, my mom was nice to him, she said it's so he could have a chance at actually blowing the candles out and getting his birthday wish. Me, I was just a little more honest, you know, I was just telling the truth, even though maybe it hurt. And I said, Dad, the reason you got one candle on your cake is if we put 70 candles on there and lit them, you wouldn't be able to see. You'd go blind looking at it, kind of like this guy here. And we didn't bring any welding helmets or anything to look at it. So he laughed, I laughed. We thought it was good. Um, But one candle, one candle, we all know how one candle can bring light to a single room. And maybe some of you experienced that this past Friday when the power went out. I know some of you were without power for almost 14 hours. Or maybe, maybe you experienced the power of hundreds, even thousands of small, seemingly insignificant lights coming together and pushing back the dark. And you see that happen at rock concerts, right? And I know you've been to rock concerts. I've been to rock concerts. You know, at the end of the show, when the band kind of strikes their last chord and the lights go down because they finished their last tune and it signals the end of the show, but no one wants the show to end. And so they all start clapping and yelling and screaming. 
And then it happens. Somebody holds up a lighter and lights it. And I just lost half the crowd. Everyone's like, lighter? You hold up a cell phone, don't you? Okay, well, you can hold up a cell phone. It was, it was, light, it was lighters when I was going to rock concerts. Um, and then someone else would do it. And then someone else and someone else. And before you knew it, the whole arena or stadium was lit up. And you could see because their lights were shining and working together. You, know, you are the light of the world. You and me, not just as individuals, but collectively as hundreds of lights. And when we come together like that, Jesus said, we will be like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. You see, Jesus' plan was and still is that people who choose to follow him would come together and start a movement. An organic, spirit-inspired movement he called the kingdom of God. And you can always tell where that movement is being birthed and where it's growing because it always looks the same. It looks just like Jesus. Not perfectly, of course, because we're flawed human beings, but it always has people who are learning to love and serve just as Jesus did. It's a movement that's free of arrogance and self-righteousness and dogma and rules. It's a movement that simply follows the teachings of Jesus, where people humbly notice the log in their own eye before pointing out the speck in someone else's. It's a movement that loves those who we find difficult to love because they hold to different perspectives or values or opinions than we do. It's a movement full of people who live lives of radical generosity. All because that's what Jesus did and that's what Jesus taught. It's a movement where people treat everyone, whether they're insiders or outsiders, as family, as loved, as accepted, as valued, as cherished. And there's a name for that movement. It's called the church. The church is supposed to be proof that Jesus Christ is real. It's to be the visible expression of him on earth, to be the light of the world shining into the dark corners of a dark world. You know, one of Jesus' disciples, a, a guy named John, recorded one of Jesus' prayers. And in this prayer, we capture the ideal that God was going for. Listen to this. Jesus said, I pray that they will all be one. And when he was referring to the they, it's everyone who decided to follow the teachings of Jesus. He said, I pray that they will all be one. Just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us. So that, and here's the reason why, this is what he had in mind, the world will believe you sent me. Since day one, our desire has been to be a church that inspires people to follow Jesus. To help each person experience the love of God and provide opportunities for all of us to grow in our understanding of God. to, To see what he's like, what his character is like. So we can learn to trust him more and more and more. And in some cases, even get to the point where we can begin to follow him. There's an ancient proverb. It's been around for thousands of years. And it's, it's just to the point. It says, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And the journey with God is no different. Following Jesus begins by taking one single step. 
And the cool thing is, that's all Jesus ever asked anyone to do. Read through the, the biographies of Jesus. He was very clear when he invited people to follow him. He just simply said, follow me. He didn't say, get your life in order first and then come back and start following. He didn't say, behave the right way, do the right things for a month, come back and we'll talk about it. Maybe you can follow me. He didn't say, beat the addiction, get sober, and then come and follow me. He just simply said, follow me. We'll figure all that stuff out as we go. Just follow me. Follow me to the places I go. So together we can shine my light into the places that need it. Where did Jesus go? Well, he went to the places where those who were seen as being on the margins of society, the poor, the hungry, the forgotten, those who were frowned upon by the religious uh, establishment at the time, just because of the way people looked and dressed or the things they did or didn't do. That's, that's where Jesus went. That's who he hung out with. And when Jesus went to those places, he didn't go, go there with a spotlight of, of pious religious judgment. He went with a searchlight shining beams of love and hope and compassion. And this church, our church, the Meeting Place Church, right here in Nanaimo, gets to do that. We, we are part of the greatest mission this world has ever known. To bring the light of God's love to the darkest of places. To bring hope to the most hopeless of lives, to bring peace to the most anxious circumstances, and to do this not through our own strength and our own power, but through the power and love of Jesus Christ. You, all of us, together, are the light of the world. And so every Sunday we gather here like we are today, to remind ourselves that we are part of a family of faith that has been changing the world for 2,000 years, and we're not done yet. Think of that as a mission for a church, to go change the world, just like we heard, waiting on the world to change. Let's go change the world. This is a place where we come to draw strength and remind ourselves that it isn't our light that shines out in the darkness. It's the light of Jesus in us. We talked about that last week. How Jesus said when he left this earth, I'm not only going to promise to be with you, but I'm going to be in you. We talked about how that light shines out through the cracks, our cracks. And our desire is to be a church that shines that light. And that happens when we come together and link arms and collectively share our finances, our talents, our time to love and serve others. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to brag on you guys for a bit here because you know what? You're doing that. Uh, there are some really cool things happening that you guys are doing in this church where you're bringing the light into Nanaimo and places around the world. Uh, for instance, I know there's a bunch of you who volunteer down at the Loaves and Fishes Food Bank. Uh, it's our local food bank, sorting and distributing uh, food, helping them achieve their mission of making sure no one goes hungry in Nanaimo. It's, a, it's an awesome, awesome place to serve if you're looking for a place to serve. You guys let your light shine when this past May, uh, we had what is now known as TMP without walls because we literally had no walls. Uh, one of the things was when we moved to the conference center last year, well, almost a year ago, we moved. Today, last year, was our last Sunday at the theater. 
and then we moved everything here. And part of that was there was already conferences booked here. So we had no place to go. The Port Theater was booked. And so staff and leadership went, well, let's just go love on the community. And so that's what we did. And we just went out there and did it. And a, a bunch of you went down and met at the Loaves and Fishes Food Warehouse, which is just down the street, and did a massive clean. You clean the place from top to bottom. You move pallets. You, you, you wipe down racking. You cleaned offices. Uh, There's a bunch more of you went around and you picked up litter from the roads that ran through the neighborhood just down the street. Uh, and while that was happening, while people were scrubbing walls and sweeping floors and collecting trash, there was another bunch of you that went up to Deverell Park, which is just up from the food bank, and started setting up for a neighborhood barbecue. And here's how it all went down. Check this out. That was so much fun doing that, wasn't it? Well, mark your calendars. Mark your calendars because on Sunday, May 5th, we're doing it again. In 2019, we're doing it all again. And we're going to go big. We're going to get those bouncy castles out there and everything else. And we want to just love on the community. Uh, And I could stand up here and just list things off. I'll just hit a couple more things that that you guys are, how you're shining your light into this community. Um, Every year... You guys step up and help send kids to Camp Quanos through our campership fund. We do it usually in March. Uh, last year, you made it possible for nine kids who otherwise wouldn't be able to get to camp get to camp, where they not only had a blast, but they heard about the God who created them and loves them. I mean, it's just awesome. And it doesn't stop there. You guys have taken God's light... And shined it not only into dark areas here in Nanaimo, but around the world. Places like Kenya, Nairobi, Nigeria, Honduras, El Salvador, Indonesia, Ecuador, Brazil. Just to name a few of the countries around the world. And you do it through sponsoring children through Compassion International. Who we partnered with a few years ago. Incredible organization whose sole mission is this. To release children from poverty in Jesus' name. Period. That's it. That's all they're about. And this past February, my wife and I, we had the privilege of seeing the work they do on the ground when we went to Mexico. Unbelievable. And if that wasn't enough, compassion flew in our child that we've been sponsoring, one of the children that we've been sponsoring for the last seven years. It was his 16th birthday, and we got to meet up with him. And i got to tell you, we had no idea the magnitude, the impact that sponsorship has on children and their families. It's, it's, 
It's unbelievable. And ch- children don't just hear about God's love. They see it and they experience it. They experience it by getting food in their belly every week. They experience it by being able to have access to education and go to school. Their family experiences it through receiving medical and dental support. They see God's light when they get letters and pictures from you, their sponsors. When you share and ask them how they're doing and let them know you're praying for them and thinking about them. I asked Jeremy Viz, uh, who's the compassion rep for BC. Uh, some of you may recognize the picture behind me. Uh, he's come here a few times over the years and spoke. Uh, and I just asked him, I said, you know, Jeremy, I'm just, I just curious. How many kids have we sponsored as a church since we partnered? 176 children so far. So far. Through your generosity and huge hearts, 176 children and their families now know that they matter and that they're loved. So way to go, TMP. Yeah, give yourself a hand. This coming February, Jeremy is coming back uh, when we do our Compassion Sunday, and he's bringing a young man with him, a guy named Jay Imbiro, who's from Kenya, who has an incredible story of how being a, a sponsored child through Compassion impacted his life. I've heard part of his story and it's, you're not going to want to miss it. So that'll be in February. We'll give you lots of notice so you can come out and hear that. Uh, but that's just some of the things that you guys do. And when you and me, all of us together, get together, we are the light of the world. And so we want to keep exploring different ways. Like how, how else can we impact this community? How can we shine God's searchlight into the dark areas of this, of this city? And right now we're in conversation with the school district. Uh, They have a a program called Stock the Lockers, which exists to provide school supplies to families who can't afford to buy their kids school supplies. And so we want to partner along with them, give you guys an opportunity, maybe stuff some backpacks, and we can deliver them to whatever schools. We just want to work with them because they've already got the ball rolling. We just want to come alongside and say, hey, how, how can we help you? How can we be that light? And so we'll keep you informed as more information becomes available. You know what? Wouldn't it be awesome to be known as not just a church that's in the community? You know, like, oh yeah, TMPs, they're just down the street. But that we're a church that's for the community. Loving on this community, shining that light. Not for the pat on the back. But so people can see God and know that Jesus is real. I love this reminder from the Bible. Listen to these words. It says, remember, our message is not about ourselves. We're proclaiming Jesus Christ the Master. All we are is messengers, errand runners for you. It started when God said, light up the darkness. And our lives filled up with light as we saw and understood God in the face of Christ, all bright and beautiful. That's what we're about. Uh, Robert Louis Stevenson, you've probably heard of him. He's a famous author, wrote classic books like Treasure Island. Grew up in Edinburgh, Scotland. Uh, in the mid-1800s. And as a boy, he was intrigued, absolutely intrigued by the work of the old lamplighters who used to go around with a ladder and a torch and lighting all the, the streets and, and, you know, for the nighttime. And one evening, young Robert, he was standing, looking out his window into the dark. And, and his parents were looking, going, Robert, what, are you, what in the world are you looking at out there? 
And with great excitement, he said this. He says, look at those men. Look at those men. They're poking holes in the darkness. Man, I read that and I just like, man, that is, that's what we do. That's what we get to do. We get to join together. We get to poke holes in the darkness. Like, how awesome is that? We get to bring the light of God's love, the presence of his kingdom to this city and to the world. And we do that when we bring the gentleness, kindness, and compassion to our workplaces. When we do that, we're poking holes in the darkness. When we sacrifice our comfort and resources to help others in need, we're poking holes in the darkness. When we serve those who seem undeserving, we're poking holes in the darkness. I love how Jesus said, he kind of summed it up. He said it like this. He says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God's not a secret to be kept. So we're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, his generous Father in heaven. Maybe you're here and you're new here and you're thinking, oh, I don't know about this whole idea of Jesus and us being the light of the world. I kind of have to figure that out. That's awesome. Keep coming back. Bring your questions. We'll do our best to explore them with you. Uh, but you know what? I am so looking forward to 2019 to see how God's love for you and for me will continue to, to shine not only in through the cracks that we have, but shine out through the cracks so we can let this world see the light that is the hope of the world. And I am humbled and honored to be doing that with you guys. Let's pray. God, uh, it seems like such an ominous task when you say you are the light of the world. As the church, I want you to go and be me in in the community, in the dark places of the world. Uh, But we can do it knowing that it's it's not us doing it, it's you doing it through us. And we can relax in that. And we can just love people because that's all you ask us to do is to love you and to love others. Help us to do that better. Help us to be that bright, shining light in this community so that people would be drawn to you and open their lives and let that, your light, shine into the dark, scary places in their life. Thank you for loving us and coming here as that light. And we pray this in your name. Amen.